0: Back on the podcast today with Stell from On Point Moto. We're going to have a chat about the upcoming first round of the Vic Off-Roads. How's it going, man?
1: Yeah, good, mate. Yourself?
0: Yeah, very good. What are you up to at the moment? Yeah. Nice and early today. We're getting into it.
1: Yeah. Um- yeah, it's, what time is it?
0: Well, I got in at
1: 6.30 this morning, just... Um, Not that early. But... <laughs> I've been sort of getting in pretty early lately and just trying to, um, yeah, stay on top of the workload. It's definitely been a massive off-season for us, just with um, obviously everyone getting excited to go racing again. Um, yeah, it's probably the busiest I've seen in the industry. Luck. so yeah it's definitely been been pretty cool after the yeah. last couple of years of lockdowns and whatnot but yeah
0: yeah I was gonna say man we're coming off a pretty rough two years like we kind of got off to a start in victoria last year with the racing but then it all came to a grind and hold obviously with everything that went on so i dare say everyone's yeah. be super stoked that it's looking like it's all going to go ahead this year so fingers crossed that's that pans out.
1: Yeah, exactly, man. And, um, yeah, just, I think, you know, everyone's seen, seen the green light now and getting super eager to get back to it and get back to some sort of normality with training and riding and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. And obviously a lot of people getting new bikes and getting them set up and ready for the big year ahead.
0: Yeah. Awesome. So let's maybe, Get into that a little bit about bike setup. this first round, the venues at three bridges. So a lot of guys that are racing the Vic off roads will be pretty familiar with it. It's been in the series for a little while now. And I think it was the first round last year as well. One that actually got one of the events that did get run last year. So, um, Tell us a little bit about the venue and because there's probably going to be a, a fair few people listening to this it could be their first, first time racing there. Um, yeah, it's not another cool thing, I think, that with the COVID thing, like heaps of people have bought bikes and got into the scene that perhaps were on the fence before, and that that could mean this year that we see a heap of people start racing that have never raced before. So, what can people expect there at the track and what are some, some quick little tips we could give them for bike setup.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um yeah, three bridges is definitely like a tough one to set up for. Um you know it is very, very weather dependent that track. Um it can tend to get super rough. It is in sections very, very tight. Yeah. Um but also in sections, very very fast as well. So um, with a lot of like gnarly downhill breaking off camber, short sharp corners, which um, te- people tend to <laughs> end up running um, running wide and ending up in the bushes and getting stuck for a fair bit. But we've seen that happen a lot before. Um, basically. <sighs> I would probably approach it with like a really good sort of hard pack setting. Um, not going too soft overall on your compression, just because of the, the heavy downhill braking sections that um, tend if you start going too soft, you know, obviously your forks and that can end up blowing through and it can make setting up for those kind of corners very, very difficult. So, um, yeah, I would definitely suggest sort of running like a hard pack setting for most of the riders. Um, and yeah, sort of depending on the weather, whether you'll run a mud setting or not. So basically, the hard pack setting, when I say that, it's obviously going in, um, making the rebound slightly quicker than say you're riding like a loamy or sandy track. And yeah. definitely going a little bit softer on the compression overall with a fairly balanced chassis. So yeah, chassis balanced chassis meaning running the rear a little bit higher and your forks pulled through a little.
0: Yes. Yeah, because yeah, you're right, man. Like it, it has got those steep, a lot of steep hills. Um, it's obviously got that clay bank, a lot of it where it gets that like real choppy acceleration chop. So. It's um yeah. yeah, like like you say, if you do go too soft, you're gonna sacrifice a bit down those the hills when you're coming in on the brakes.
1: Exactly. Yep. And um yeah, like we obviously yeah, see it a lot before where because the track does tend to get absolutely brutal, um, especially like during and after the cross country and leading in the sprints. If, um, yeah, like people sacrifice or try and make their bike heaps softer to so obviously you cope with the square edge bumps and that. But yeah, obviously on those downhill sections where potentially you can make up a lot of time is if you end up going too soft overall, it does make it very, very hard to set up for those corners just because the bike will end up coming very, very active and going real deep into its stroke. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, that's just something you need to really. Keep in mind. Yeah,
0: and what would you say if it is going to be a mudder Because like we've had crazy amount of rain this summer, like there's potential for it. It could be a wet race, and it it gets super slick there when it's wet.
1: So, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah it's, it it basically turns into a nice ice skating rink, which is uh, yeah, fun for some and horrible for others. But um. <laughs> Yeah, it's if it's gonna be a mudder, again, with 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 the mud that sort of develops on that kind of track, it tends to be very, very sticky. So it does tend to stick to your bike and, and weigh it down a lot. Um so again, I would probably run your rear end a little bit higher in the sag setting. Um and if it was mud, I would actually pull the fork through the other way and just go slightly stiffer on the compression, but leaving the rebound slightly more active. Yeah. So yeah. It's
0: just going to allow the bike to sort of sit up a bit higher in the stroke with all that weight on it.
1: Exactly right. Yeah, definitely. So um, yeah, I don't, most people probably aware, like when the bike's covered in mud, you can barely lift a thing onto its stand. So, you know, essentially, if you're an 80 kilogram rider, then you've got 20 kilograms of, of mud on your bike. It's um it's a lot of added weight to your suspension and it's just gonna make everything sit super low in the stroke and again make things hard to set up for and probably make make everything quite harsh. So um yeah, if you're going in on mudder like that, especially at three bridges, you definitely wanna go a little bit stiffer than what you've been running on like a dry hard track.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That's good, man. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to do a little bit of a preview of the of the competitors this year. Let's talk about that a little bit because am I right in saying that they've kind of changed the um, how how they classify the the pro the pro class now instead of once you get into pro class you stay there? It's it's going to be sort of revolving each year from the actual top 10 from the previous year. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, exactly. So um, they actually introduced that into the system last year. So yeah, basically your pro class can test 10 riders um, with the subject of if any interstate pro level interstate riders come in or like say um, if like a pro riders had, Prior injury, and he's classified as a pro rider or rides for a factory team. They will also get put in that class. Um, yeah.
0: So, so we have to p- say that Andy will be in pro class this year. Andy Wiltschewny.
1: Correct. Yes. So um, yeah. you know, someone of his caliber and level is like, there would be sort of pointless of putting him into an expert class because yeah. he'd probably go closer winning it outright yeah. <laughs> from an expert expert class so and technically he's a professional writer so um you know there's an exemption where someone like himself we can put into into straight into the pro class um so basically with the pro class the top 10 from the prior year basically get the their numbers from one to 10 in the finishing order and they are uh, classified the pro rider for the for the, the season after. Um, anyone that finishes outside that top 10 basically gets dropped back down to an expert class uh, and then gives them another chance to sort of get back on their feet and try and get themselves back into that top 10 position and strive to sort of get back in the pro class. So yeah, I think it's a pretty good system Um, that way to, you know, just for people who maybe haven't raced for a couple of years and a little bit off the pace, rather than just coming back and trying to get them back into the sport, it gives them an opportunity just to sort of race race with the expert guys and gives them a chance to sort of try and get back on top.
0: Yeah, I actually think it's good, man.
1: Um, yes, like, same.
0: It's one of those things you can have people that think it's good and people that think it's a bad idea. But personally, I think it's good. Like it's going to keep. Um, Keep the expert classes more competitive. If anything, do you know what I mean? Like those guys, um, instead of just getting into the row and then maybe falling off the wagon and, and getting a bit stale, if you, you get get put back into expert, and it's potentially going to give you that little bit of a goal again to to
1: go hard and and get back into the pro class. Exactly right, and I think um, with the level of riders that Vic has, and you know, like the numbers that we get at our, our state level events. It's, it's, it's awesome because yeah, it just gives, like you said, it just gives everyone a bit more, a bit more like a big, a bigger goal to be like, Oh, I want to get back into that top 10. I want that top 10 number on my bike and the red, red plate. And yeah, it just, it just elevates everything I reckon. And it's, yeah, it's a really good way of doing it. Um, so yeah, I think I'm stoked to see that this can come into place.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. So yeah, the top the top ten from last year. I'll quickly run through them: was Josh Green, Cooper Shido, Will Price, Tom Mason, Liam Mason, Tim Lonsdale, Riley McGilvray, Riley nankaro Nick Graham, and Sam Pre- Freshner. Yeah, it was a top ten from last. Yeah. Year. So. Looking at those guys, who do you think is going to be the biggest threat this year for, for taking out of Thailand? Pretty sure um, Josh Green's not not going to be able to race. I don't know if he's racing some of them, but I've, he's definitely not racing all of them because they clash with some of his other races. So yeah, um, he'll be out of the like the overall contention. So who do you reckon is going to step up this year? And
1: yeah, so yeah, obviously if Green, Greeny's not coming down. Um, I'll probably open the door to a few of the other boys to to sort of step up and and have a go. But I really think um, I'd love to see Tom Mason um, get back up there. Like he's he's a longtime time contestant of the series, and you know he's always done the right things. And um, unfortunately, last year he had a had a, big, a pretty big crash on his mountain bike and um, couldn't finish out the rest of the season which ended up sort of getting cut short anyways. But um, yeah, I think he would definitely be a a contender. Um, Obviously, Andy Wilsh is back from Europe. He's he's definitely going to be a top runner. Um, And yeah, I think, think Will Price would definitely Give the boys a bit of a run for their money and and also yeah obviously if cooper comes down i think he'll be right there as well so it'll probably be, actually going to probably be some really unreal racing that's gonna be that sort of top three outright slash pro class um yeah then you know like obviously the guys after that are definitely going to be you know not far behind them in my opinion um especially like someone like young McGillray a couple of those other boys I think they they're all going to start to flourish and and sort of get, get right up the top end as well
0: yeah is Tommy riding that
1: 300 or yeah so plan is um he'll be riding the 300. not sure if he's going to ride it at the first round because um, i still testing and developing it and just getting him comfy on it, um, but he's definitely going to be riding it at the four day. Yes, yeah, sweet. Um, and potentially maybe Hatter. So um, yeah, which I'm super excited to see because that guy on a two stroke's unreal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's very, very, very fun to watch.
0: And it, God, it looks good that bike.
1: Right. Like, um, oh yeah.
0: Everyone will know I'm not a real KDM fan, but geez, those looks <laughs> <those> look good. <laughs> I, I ha- haven't noticed <laughs> <laughs> that, that one. In particular, it, it looks sick, man. It,
1: it's, yeah. Now, nah, Tommy, I know Tommy has been wanting to build something on that level for a long time now, and he's yeah, he's hit the nail on the head, in my opinion. He's he's done very well with it. So, um, yeah, once we get him comfy on it, it's gonna look and go as good as it. They will go as good as it looks, and yeah, it should be happy days.
0: Yeah, yeah, nice. So, yeah, I think like let's talk about Will because I wouldn't say him, you I'll well, probably Cooper too, and and Riley mcgilray Like, they're definitely they're those younger dudes that are at that age where they've like they're still got a lot of potential to to grow and get faster. So, um, I think like you say that they, they could definitely be potential to get up there, but um Will and and Timmy obviously are on the Cowie deal now. So tell us a little bit about that. I see you got the video out last night for the team launch.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So um obviously I've I've been working with the the motocross team for the last past 12 months and yeah sort of bit Got got in a really good relationship with Tyson Cherry, who who owns and manages the the motocross team, and you know obviously he's been impressed with what we did last year with the with the minus on point off road racing, and yeah, sort of pulled me aside sort of towards the end of last year and said, "Hey, Cowie, Cowie, really keen on on sort of introducing an off road program to the mix, and you know they want to get back into it." and um i need someone to manage it so they sort of nominated me and i said bloody oath i was keen as to keen as for the opportunity um just because it's a brand that's not that well known in the off-road scene and i we've been doing a fair bit with the bikes and i just think their quality of the bike and obviously the way it handles and motor characteristics is is definitely got good potential for getting some good results in the off-road scene, especially with like Lyndon Snodgrass riding one and Josh Stranger over in the States, Um, they've been doing really well on one. So um, yeah, I I obviously handed out the the opportunity and I took it.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yes. They definitely look like a good thing for sure. And who are the other boys? Do so you got you've got Timmy Lonsdale, obviously Will Price, so they're in the pro class, number six and number three. Yeah. This last year, which is pretty yeah. awesome. And then you've got the three expert boys on there too as well, which which will be definitely up the pointy end in the expert field. So who are yeah, the yeah. riders there?
1: Yeah. So quick, I'll just give a quick rundown. So basically, how the program works is um, there's one factory rider um so factory supported so it's fully backed by cali um that's will price yep to contest all the national state off-road events and then obviously four-day hatter as well um and then the four boys which is tim lonsdale jack coy um sam barton and jared dylan they are on like a support program and basically what's that's the, what is, that is designed to do is just basically try and develop the riders and develop the brand. Um and obviously a bit of brand awareness and stuff like that. So um yeah we're like excited to give those boys the opportunity because they're it's not not about results. It's just about being there, being present, being there in a professional manner and you know doing the best they can do and try and help them get to their achieve their goals at the end of the year.
0: Yeah, it's awesome, man. So they, de- they definitely look good. Like the setup looks looks pretty rad and pre- super professional. So it's going to be cool to see see the presence at the rate.
1: Yeah, yeah. We're um yeah we're stoked with how everything's coming along and obviously our boy Nossi from Kano Rock photography, he's always makes bikes and riders look good in his photos and Obviously Angus Gelly from Kelly Co and Film, um, who have done our videos. Um, yeah, like, yeah, it's all it's all coming along really well and we're absolutely stoked on how the team's looking, especially with the boys in their fox racing gear. Um so yeah, we're pretty excited for a big year ahead. And yeah, just just stoked that a brand like Kawasaki have sort of stepped in and said, you know, the Australian off-road scene's got such a huge potential, and they're going to get behind it and support some guys. So I think that's just awesome, and it's it's been a long time coming for cow to get back into the off-road scene.
0: Oh, for sure, man! And like, I'm going to show you my age here, but I remember when I first started racing off roads back back in the <laughs> '90s, like <Flea> flint <laughs> and I, on a kdx 200, man. Like everyone was like was on a KDX two hundred. This was like yeah.
1: before,
0: before the freaking KDMs came in and and started mm. infiltrating the scene. But yeah, yeah, it, like it was huge. Like um in yeah, yeah. the off-road scene back in the day. And then they kind of yeah.
1: just dwindled away. But yeah. 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 And I think um that's why I'm kind of excited for the opportunity because it's people sort of just because it like you said, it has been KTM Huskies, well, you know, Gas Gas and and Yamahas just pretty much dominating the off-road scene for such a long time.
0: Yeah.
1: No one's really sort of looked towards towards the way of a Kawasaki. And I just think with how good the bikes are at the moment and just the overall package, um, I'm just super excited to try and build that brand and definitely get it get it to a point where we see a lot more green bikes on the start line of these off-road events.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's awesome, man. It's definitely good to see it getting mixed up. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, we'll get through a couple of these others. I was um, chatting to Liam Mason. I reckon he could be a bit of a dark horse for a shot. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. He was was the
0: only one to beat Josh Green last year in an overall, wasn't he, in that uh, at of wasn't it?
1: Yeah, Cassidy. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that kid. That kid has so much potential. Um, you know, I've I've spent a bit of time with him, just just riding with him and you know riding on his property and just like watching him ride up and close and personal. Like the kid is um, definitely got so much potential, and he just presents himself so well. Like such a nice, humble country kid from <laughs> from the outer skirts of Mildura, and I just think he's definitely not one to to not not pay attention towards especially obviously at those like sandy events like Kassadin and those kind of those kind of tracks because obviously that's what he's grown up riding um and yeah there's obviously like an unreal result had a last year getting getting top five outright that's just that's unreal so it's good to see yeah well
0: that's what I was going to say man like Quite a few of the rounds this year are going to be sandy. Um, that that will not full sand, but like at least like that sort of sandy, sandy loamy base, which will will play into his favor. And I was chatting to him the other day, and he said that he's, that the big thing that he's worked on this off season is riding different terrain because he he knows that was kind of his downfall. It was his, yeah obviously awesome in the sand. So he said he's been riding lots of different terrain to level that up as part of the program. So, yeah, I think it'd be cool to see him. He could potentially be be one to put it up
1: there. Yeah, definitely, man, definitely. So, no, I think he'll definitely be a dark horse, and um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him around that top five, even on some tracks in that top three position. So um, another person I think is going to be a bit of a dark horse is which I've heard is riding very, very well at the moment is um, Jacob Deegan.
0: Yeah.
1: I think he's coming off off an injury from last year, so not having the best year, but I've heard he's riding very, very well at the moment. So I think he'll be another dark horse who could potentially get into that top five from from the expert class this year.
0: Yeah, so let's quickly talk about that. Like, who else have we got that in the experts who could potentially, like, we know we've got Andy Welch coming returning from Europe, so he's going to be in the in the pro class, obviously. and like Yeah, super competitive for sure. So, um, like, Coxie Simon Cox, he definitely is one. Like, he was putting it in the top ten. At, yeah, he did get to compete out last year. Obviously, he I think he missed one of the rounds because he he's, yeah um little son was being born which is a fair enough excuse to miss around yeah
1: absolutely
0: <laughs> chatted, but, um but yeah like again he'll he'll be one that that's
1: got the potential to get you up still and, got me there? for sure um yeah so i think is definitely going to be a top 10 contender especially this year being on the 500 i've been telling him for a while now i'm like you need to get off that bloody two-stroke because As good as they are to ride, I just think that to be competitive around that top 10 mark um, for someone of his level, um, you know, is definitely going to be quicker riding like a 450 or 500, in my opinion. And yeah, I think he's been riding that new bike very well. He's obviously still got a bit to get used to, but um, yeah, I, I definitely reckon he'll be a top 10 contender this year for sure um another person i think we'll probably need to keep an eye out for is that uh is matthew ziggalaki i don't know him that well but i do follow him on on instagram and it looks like he's been putting in some hard yards so um yeah i reckon he'll be definitely be a bit of a dark horse as well
0: yeah 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 well that's i guess that's going to be one of the big things that we'll see at, at this first round and it will be a three hour I'm pretty sure you can maybe correct me on that but if it is a three hour like we're, we're definitely going to get to see who did put the time in over the the off season last year like obviously it was a, def, a long off season extended off season so some people that kept the hammer down um it's going to definitely play into their favor for the guys that kind of sat on the couch and didn't do yeah, exactly. going to see that come to play the last hour of that race on the first day, I'm guessing.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, obviously it's, it's very hard to ride a three hour at a, at that competitive level, just going off, um, raw talent. <laughs> so, yeah, it's definitely going to obviously show who's been putting in the hard yards and who hasn't. So, yeah, I'm actually super excited for this season. I just think the the level of riding in Victoria and I reckon that anywhere from that top 10 to that top 20 is going to be so competitive. And everyone's just going to end up pushing each other along and, and everyone's going to get faster and faster. So it's going to be a good year to watch. and. Yeah, exciting racing to be, to be had.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. I
1: can't wait to get it kicked off and get stuff into it. I heard, um, I heard a rumour that Ben Greenwood's <laughs> going to be doing a few rounds this year as well.
0: He, he might just open up <laughs> a few. I won't. <laughs> I'm going to race three bridges. Um, <laughs> I'm old enough now that I can pick and choose the races that i do for fun these days so
1: <laughs> yeah and, uh, i'm hearing you on that one <laughs>
0: no i'll definitely do a few a uh, few of the sandy ones i definitely love the sandier sort of terrain so i'll yeah that's, that's my goal for the years to do a few of them yep. a couple of them before hatter is the plan yeah yep, for sure so, But I'll, I'll definitely be at all the all the rounds is my goal to get to the rounds, and we, you and I were talking about it yesterday. But I'm definitely keen to like do some little podcasts at the rounds and actually just get some some cool little clips just with the riders, like some yeah. post race interviews and some some highlights of the race, and then get a a little podcast out after the race, which sort of showcases the event and gets a bit of feedback off some of the riders and and the results and that sort of stuff. So that's something I'm definitely a bit of energy into this year so I'll definitely be at all the races I'll just be picking and choosing which ones I'm actually going to race myself
1: yeah unreal yeah I think that's a great idea it's um yeah just sport definitely needs a bit more of that and you know that's why the last two years I sort of jumped on the committee myself and just trying to yeah trying to bring some excitement back to the sport with you know Angus doing some of those like race recaps Videos and and stuff like that. So, yeah, like I said before, Victoria has such a strong scene in the off road um, in the off road scene. So, yeah,
0: yeah there's, there's, there's so up. much
1: there's so much potential there, and we just need to we just all need to help it grow. And you know, everyone just share as much stuff as they can, and make sure you tag the Vic Off Road page and all your social stuff and. Yeah, let's get the sport pumping.
0: in. Well, it's pretty much one of the only series now, man, that actually runs three hours. Like, like the, the AIC is not going to have Victoria in it this year. So, the Victorian rounds were the ones in the AIC predominantly that, like, obviously, I had that Broken Hill round a couple of times, but like the Vic rounds were the rounds where they would, like, obviously, weather pending, but they were the rounds where. They would actually get to race a real race, like a three hour race, which is, that's in my opinion, that's what off road racing is all about. So, and I know a lot of the top riders share that opinion. Like they all train and ride their ass off to actually compete for three hours, not just in a sprint. So I think that's a pretty cool thing that the Vic off roads brings to the table.
1: Absolutely. And that's why I think, like, you know, people like Sanders and, and Milner, like, where, on another level because they grew up grew up racing three hours and yeah um,
0: where they cut their teeth in the big off roads.
1: Well exactly so and looking at both now yeah. (laughs) So yeah I think um yeah like as much of a punishment the three hour can be like obviously if you're doing your training and, and, and putting in the right amount of effort like it can come easy. Um so yeah, I think I think three hours is like has to be part of the cross country credential nationwide, but obviously it's not. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's that's a big advantage that our boys have over here over the rest of the country for sure. Yeah, yeah. Especially especially going into races like like HADA. Yeah. You know, where that that's four hour race. So and I think that's like even
0: the that shows that like Josh Green came down last year and and like obviously the season got short, got cut short, but he like came down, travelled all the way down from from his place down to Victoria to race the Vic Off Roads. Like it's the the guys that do want to race and and do want to put in the work, like that's attractive to them is to be able to race three hours.
1: Oh, definitely, and um, yeah, obviously that would have definitely helped Greeny out a lot um, just with his, you know, doing do, doing his race simulations at three hours and being able to sort of run at that pace. And yeah, it's definitely definitely a huge benefit for interstate riders to come over and, and race our series. So um, yeah, it was a bit of a bummer to see Josh get hurt just before harder because I think, because he'd been over and been riding So much of our Vic series, I reckon he would have definitely done really, really well in that race. So
0: oh definitely, man. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm actually I'm going up to the New South Wales sprint round, um, the first round of the New South Wales off-roads, which is a really sweet sand track, which is just like Hatter. Um the, the probably second only to Hatter as in the the most funnest track I've ever ridden. So they're having a race there. So I'm definitely going to hit that one up. Um, but yeah, I'm actually hoping to do a little podcast with him. So, um, Cause yeah, yeah, that was a couple, like one of the things I was going to chat to him about was him coming down to race the big off roads last year. So um, Yeah. So yeah, like I say, man, it, it, it is an awesome series and if we can, if everyone can get around it and, and it's, it's going to grow and grow and be even better.
1: Yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, there's a, there's a pretty big change in the committee this year as well. So there's a lot of new faces and everyone, everyone is doing their best. So just obviously, if anyone's not happy with how anything's been run or like not sure of anything, you know, you can either email the, the big Offroad committee or just hit me up, hit me up on my personal socials and have a chat. So we yeah feedback is crucial um and just just keep in mind too everyone's, everyone everyone to doing is volunteer so yeah be patient but um yeah like i said feedback any any form of feedback is going to be unreal to help progress yeah. the, like the series for years to come yeah
0: um let's we're we're nearly about to wrap it up but let's quickly chat about the four day team you've, um i think you've said we've got some nominations potentially for the the vic team the state team at the four day which is obviously going to be run in victoria this year down at erica um yeah. so you want to quickly touch on that and then we can wrap it up yeah
1: yeah yeah so um yeah we've yeah basically have selected a handful of riders on a list um for both or oh, for the senior team the junior team and also the women's team um we're gonna probably put out like an application process just to obviously give everyone a chance to apply for the team and um you know and then that way we'll have have the list to select from um also too i think we're gonna probably finalize the team after the first round for all the first two rounds at three bridges just to see obviously who has been putting in the hard work over the off season and potentially we could have some riders that sort of will come through and be like, oh, wow, he's, um, he's really stepped up his game. He's, you know, potentially could be, could be a candidate. So yeah. Um, yeah, I can't, can't fully reveal who those, what names have been selected so far, but, um, I can tell you, uh, that we're definitely going to be a strong contender for both senior, junior, and women's to definitely get either win or top three finish.
0: Yeah, awesome, man. And we'll obviously have the, the home track advantage down there in Erica, which will be pretty cool. So it'll be be cool to see the four-day back there again.
1: Absolutely. And I think, um, yeah, let's sort of, I pre-ran some of those tracks a couple of years ago and, oh man, it is proper enduro up there. And I think it's going to be probably one of the best, especially if we get the right weather, it'll be probably one of the best best four day events in a long time. And I think, um, yeah, the Dandenong Motorcycle Club has done an unreal job so far of like setting it all up and, and making it all happen
0: yeah yeah it's
1: awesome man it's going to be shaping up to be a good year 100 i'm uh like i said before super excited to to see a big year of racing and um yeah just get back to the races and have a good time with with everyone
0: yeah um we sh- we'll definitely get on and do a couple more of these i reckon like once we get a couple of rounds under the belt and like I say we we get to see who has been put in the work who's, who's getting the results um some some more sort of reviews reviews of the racing um yeah definitely something i'd like to do and and yeah like i say i'll, I'll be at the races with me a little podcast recorder so I'm definitely going to get some some cool little clips with just with some riders and get their feedback of the racing and stuff like that too which would be rad.
1: Yeah unreal definitely came to do more and um yeah it sounds like a plan.
0: Cool man well thanks for your
1: time I'll let you get into your
0: day um
1: <laughs> thanks man
0: <laughs> um yeah we'll um see you at the races.
1: you well. Have a good one.
0: All right. Cheers, man. See ya.
1: See you, buddy. Bye.